This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? I'm Molly Hashimoto, and I live in Seattle, Washington. All right. Well, I got your book sitting in front of me here. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, it's called Birds of the West, An Artist's Guide. Can you kind of talk a little bit about an overview of what this book is? Sure. Uh, in the book, I have included art that I've been doing for, wow, probably 15 or 20 years of, around birds. There are tips and techniques for people who are interested in making art. The book's organized by habitat, so there are lots of really good ideas about where to find birds. And I start in backyards because that's where we live. And I think it's really great to know what you can find in your own backyard. But I range as far as um, the ocean, coastal areas, wetlands, deserts, and into alpine areas, too. Yeah, and um, you know, I I must say that when I when I got this book, I was like blown away because I I grew up. My parents had some bird books and things, and I know they've gotten more into it now um, in in their life. But one thing I I remember about bird books a lot, and I I must say that I don't have a lot of them, but um, that I just never really liked the pictures that that people found of the birds, and so your art is a really unique way to introduce birds to people. Have you heard people talk about that before? Well, that's really interesting. You know, I have tons of bird guides, and some are photographs and some are art, and I do have my favorites among the bird illustrators. So I think I understand what you're saying. Some of the, some of the artists, maybe you don't like their style so much, but uh, I think it's a lot easier to identify birds when you've got a really good illustrated guide. And that isn't really what my book is, but what I do in this book is I explore these birds in a lot of different art mediums, and that might be a question you were about ready to ask me, like, why is it all, why are they all so different? And I just wanted to explain that I'm really curious, I've been an artist all my life, and I like to explore new art mediums, you know, I don't want to just stick with the same thing, but in in terms of this bird book, I think... Birds all have a lot of different characteristics. Their, you know, their personalities are different. Their gestures are different. Coloration is different. And one single medium probably doesn't do justice to, you know, the variety within, even within an individual species, but definitely not with, you know, multiple species of birds. So that's why you'll find so many different mediums in the book. Yeah, well, I, I have to say this before we kind of dive into that. Um, my dad is actually has been a watercolor artist his whole life, and 
um, well, you know, since his 20s or whatever, but uh, he actually has transitioned into some of the stuff that you do here in the book. And so um, as I was flipping through and seeing some of the stuff, I was like, wow, how cool. I mean, this is some of the stuff my dad does as well. A totally different style of art. But uh, um, anyway, um, I just wanted to say that's that. That's great. Yeah, it's really that's cool. Great. It's really cool how people can 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 you know morph their their art into something in different mediums, like you said. So, can you kind of take us through some of those different styles? Sure. Um, there's a there's a two page spread in the book called Drawing from Life, and you know when when you're looking at birds, obviously they fly away, so. <laughs> You've got to be ready with your camera, and if you really want to draw some of the species from life, it might be a good idea to go to, say, a zoo, or like I did, I went to the Seattle Aquarium, and there are a lot of shorebirds there that are in enclosures, so they can't fly away. And waterfowl, you can actually do them on, on location, because they they don't fly. They tend to just float around in the pond or wherever you're looking at them, and I point out that um, you know when they when they do move away, they're usually traveling in groups, so that another one of the individuals will probably come and take up the same position that the one you started drawing did. But back to the idea of all the different media, the drawing from life. I just used a pencil in my sketchbook, and I I took a very loose approach. I didn't grip the pencil hard. I just looked mostly at the bird, not so much at my paper. So there's that way of sketching, and I have several in the book like that. Um, And I do watercolors back in my studio uh, where, you know, I really do a lot of research into the habitat that the bird is found in, and I try to be accurate. Then one of my favorite Uh, media is block printing and those I carve blocks and print with oil-based ink and then I hand tint those with watercolor I've also done some wood blocks in the Japanese style they call that moku hanga and uh, I'm sure there are many more media that I could talk about I guess one that I really like right now is etching and that one um it's a little bit complex. It's the kind of thing where you might need to study that with a printmaking teacher. You need things like a press and an acid bath and, you know, some more technical stuff. But it's really fun to try all of these things. Yeah, no, so etching, you wouldn't use that because I'm, I'm kind of looking at that page right now in your book. And uh, would that be uh, an art that you would uh, – Sort of like the block print, uh, would that be something that you would press onto something, or is the etching just by itself art as it is? I see what you're saying. Well, they're both forms of printmaking. So the block print, you're basically putting a piece of paper on top of the block, and you're pressing it. The, the way I do it, I do it at home, and I don't need a press. But when I'm doing an etching, once again, you're working on a plate, and you're putting a piece of paper on that plate. But... Um, it's a copper plate that you've etched lines into, and you really need a press in order to get that impression uh, from the from the plate. So um, they're similar, you know, they're similar. The the etching they call intaglio, and the block print is relief. So relief means that the image is raised up, and intaglio means it's incised into the plate. So they're sort of opposite, but they're both printmaking techniques. Okay, gotcha. Oh, that's really cool. And um, 
I want to talk a little bit because I know this is something my dad does not do, and I wanted to talk about how you come, how you use your block print with multiple colors. Uh, can you kind of describe how that's done and how is there a time process involved with that? Uh, yeah, um, you do the oil-based ink and um, you let that dry. I use a type of ink that really dries quite quickly and. Once that's dry, like you could even do it the same day, I use watercolors just as I, you know, would use on a watercolor painting. And sometimes I'll have graded colors, you know, where you kind of get from one uh, hue to another. And sometimes they're just fairly flat, you know, just filling in, filling in an area of color, like say a woodpecker's head. There's not a lot of gradation in that red. It's just this really bold color that, you know, really strikes you when you see a woodpecker. So, yeah, I use watercolor different ways on those prints. I can't talk enough about Waymark Gear Company. Seriously, uh, my daughters still have their packs. We gave away a pack on the show, and I recently met Mark down at PCT Days over the summer. And I just want to say on their website, really easy to find, waymarkgearco.com. Check out their two types of packs. You've got the through the 38 to 42 liter packs, and then the light uh, 50 liter packs. So uh, the throughs are $210 where they start. And then the 50 liter uh, packs, uh, the kind of the Cadillac of the frameless packs, they start at $260. So go over, check it out. There's all kinds of colors to pick from. Uh, this is just a quick little ad here to uh, you know support the show. At least go over there and follow him on Instagram, uh, Waymark Gear Company, and tell him the Cascade Hiker Podcast sent you. Now let's let's go back uh, to kind of the beginning to, towards the end of a uh, piece of art. Are you always taking a photo and then sketching and then doing the art from there, or how how does your um, art come about? Yes, good question. Sometimes I do draw from life, but I have three different cameras, which sounds a little crazy. But <laughs> you know, if I'm just walking around my neighborhood, I bring my little mini camera. If I'm going somewhere where I want it to be not too heavy, I bring my intermediary camera. And when I'm going somewhere where I know I'm going to see wildlife at a distance, I bring this one with a cool zoom on it. But by no means am I a professional photographer. But, yeah, if I did not use a camera, I I would not be able to do a lot of the art that I do. So I do rely on it quite a bit. Um, Yeah, so for the most part, I'm taking photos, and sometimes I'll synthesize from, like, two or three photos, and yeah, that's how I do it. And then do you always sketch as well? Yeah, I keep sketchbook journals. Um, my previous book, Colors of the West, has a lot of the sketches that I did on location. They call it plein air painting. So, you know, if I did have a photo of a bird, I would start with a drawing, you know, before I start elaborating and getting getting it ready to to be a watercolor or you know, a more, a, a more labored studio painting or a print, I would definitely always start with a drawing. That's good. And then uh, when you're picking your backgrounds or forefronts in, these, in, these, in, the, in your art, um, are you, it's kind of cool because you can almost like capture that, uh, what, a, what a photographer would say, like the perfect picture because you're able to place things wherever you want. Uh, can you talk about some of your uh, how you kind of pick those things out that you use in the background or forefront and, and, and how you decide to place them? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, you know, there are some rules of composition. 
I hate to use the word rules, but, you know, generally you want to have um, the bird large enough that it's a focal point. We don't need to get into that too deeply, but I do a lot of reading and research before I do these because I just like learning about it. And so I'll consult my field guides and other books, and I'll make sure that I have some accurate details, you know, about where would this bird be found. Would you find sagebrush with this bird? Or would you find Douglas firs? Or would you find cedars? You know what I mean? It, and so if it's an alpine bird, I try to make sure that the trees that I put in are the right ones for the elevation that this bird is normally seen at. And so that really helps me decide what I'm going to do in the foreground and the background. And is there a, is there a point in, in every, every bird like... I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm I'm sitting here looking at a Western meadowlark right now, and and it looks and it's a, a watercolor. Um, what would is there anything that would make you decide to to paint that bird as a watercolor over over a um, you know a block print or anything else? Oh, that's a real good question. I, you know, one thing that I point out in the book is that the block prints can sometimes really capture this kind of excitement that you feel when you first see a bird. Maybe it's the first time you've ever seen that species or or maybe you saw it in a place that was totally unexpected. And I like that kind of boldness of the block print. But there are other things like in the book, there's, a, there's the meadowlark um, in a kind of a spring landscape you know, on the east side of the Cascades. There's also a green heron watercolor um, in a wetland in Seattle. And sometimes wetlands... And spring landscapes, there's a certain subtlety to the colors, and that might make me choose a watercolor. Oh, okay. And uh, one thing about the book, which honestly I had a little kind of giddy moment. Um, <laughs> I was I was flipping through the book, and I was flipping through the book, and I, I, I when I came to like your nests or or uh, paintings uh, or you know of of feathers and things. And I was like, wow, how perfect is this? Because I wasn't expecting that. Um, you know, was that, was that a, a an obvious transition then? Or, or did you start with nests or, or how, how did that all come to be? Because I think it's so cool that you went there. Well, thank you. I'm really glad you had that giddy moment. And I had wonderful editorial uh, help from Mountaineers Books. Um, they have marvelous editors, both freelancers and people who work on staff there and they made some excellent suggestions and they suggested to me that I do feathers and nests so I want to give credit where credit is due (laughs) oh that's good yeah for sure um um, I really want to get into the birds themselves um can you kind of I don't know. I've never actually talked to anybody that's really into birds or a birder. Uh, what what are you exactly? How would you describe yourself that way? Are you an artist or are you a birder? Or are you both? Where are you at? Oh, that's funny that you ask that. Um, I wouldn't call myself an expert birder. Definitely not a master birder. Um, I love birds because they're beautiful, and I'm an artist, and I'm just really attracted to beauty. But as I said, I like to research, and I like to feel that what I'm representing is somewhat accurate or faithful to the bird and its habitat. So, yeah, I have tons of field guides, and I read them a lot, and I read a lot of books about birds. So I would describe myself as an artist who really loves birds. 
Nice. And do you have like a, a, a sort of personal checklist of it all? Oh, like a life list? Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> I um, I think it's really cool that people are that fascinated that they do that. But I think I'm kind of more drawn to just representing the bird. And if it happens to be a, a rather homely little character from my backyard that maybe someone wouldn't be too excited about. If it's doing something really interesting or it's in its special uh, mating plumage, I get excited no matter what bird it is. Nice. And, and do you do um, uh, book signings or anything uh, for, for, for your books? Yes, I do. I did for Colors of the West, and I'm doing quite a few for uh, Birds of the West, too. So, the book launch is at University Bookstore on May 1st at 6 o'clock, and I'm, I'm doing kind of a slideshow at the same time where I talk a little bit about my beginnings as an artist, and then I have some of the original art, which I'll be projecting, and yeah, it'll be really fun, I think. Short slideshow and some book signing. Oh, that's good. Um, you have a lot of words in the book, and are, are you also a writer? Yes, um, I am. I actually, in college, was an English major, though I've done art all my life. But reading, writing, researching, that was just something that I learned how to do. And and I've always written. And uh, so this is just really natural for me to put the two together. Yeah. Uh, I would... It's a it's a question I like to ask uh, nearly everybody I interview. You are somebody who likes to go out in nature, and I don't know that that I I feel like in our society nowadays, uh, with cities being so big and cars and roads and things, I almost feel like it's not as easy for some people to get out in nature. What drew you to nature uh, at a young age? I would assume you were. Was there somebody in your life that helped you get outside? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, my dad was really interested in nature, and he bought us bird posters when we were young, bought us bird guides. Um, we had pets, and I think pets are a really good introduction to nature for children, who, especially urban children. Um, and they did take us, Mom and Dad did take us to national parks, too. That was a vacation spot for us. We didn't go to Disneyland uh, we went to national parks, and we, my husband and I did the same with our kids. So um, that was our idea of a fun vacation, going outside and, and being in nature. But I think everybody in cities, you know, there are parks everywhere, and there's all kinds of stuff in parks, wildlife of all varieties, birds and bugs, and a lot of mammals. Uh, my daughter lives in New York, and I can't believe some of the mammals I've seen in the parks there when we visit her. So I think nature is out there. It just means, you know, kind of pushing yourself away from your desk <laughs> or your phone and going outside. Six Moon Designs uh, picked up a lunar solo tent. Really excited about this. Uh, I want you guys to go over to sixmoondesigns.com. That's uh, all one word, of course, six moon designs. So there's an S on the end there, dot com. Um, I picked up the Lunar Solo, 200 bucks. It's only 26 ounces uh, listed on their on their website there. Uh, I'm excited about this. I, I fit no problem in this thing. I've always been kind of weary of uh, solo type tents because 
Um, I'm a big hiker. I'm, I'm six four, very wide, and there's plenty of room. I could easily squeeze one of my kids in there with me. And, and the vestibule is huge too. If uh, you know, if you hike with a dog and you've got a pad for the dog, whatever, it could easily sleep under this uh, vestibule with your pack and everything out there, um, boots or whatever you got going on. Um, anyway, yeah. So don't worry about that. It's also uh, I've always been a little weary of uh, single wall tents, but this has. Uh, you know, sort of the mesh, the the, the mosquito netting, uh, about six inches, and and then six inches of a bathtub floor as well with a with a bottom. So it's sort of like a tarp, but um, it, it sets up as one tent. Anyway, go over there. There's plenty of videos and stuff on the website, sixmoondesigns.com. Oh, that's great. Well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, you know because I really want to encourage people to buy the book, of course. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about your website. You've got a really good website, and I uh, just want to direct people over there to mollyhashimoto.com. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, great. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I see, you know, you're, you've got the two books there. Um, but you also offer some prints, right? Yes. Um, I, I use the site as a gallery, too. Yeah, so, you know, people can see some of the art in in a slightly different way than than it appears in the book. Oh, for sure. And uh so so to kind of get um a little bit I don't know, dive into your art a little bit more. Uh, you have other art that you don't represent in your books as well, right? Yes. Um yeah, right now um I'm kind of working on a new concept, new idea looking into trees, flora and fauna. So yeah, I'm always working on something new. I'm I'm very curious and I'm a gardener, so plants uh plants just fascinate me. Anything from nature fascinates me. Oh, that's great. Uh some of these uh some of these prints that I'm looking at currently at, at mollyhashimoto.com, um are they when you when you have something up cuz one of the things for me when I see a picture or or in this case a painting um, I always kind of wonder where they're from, you know, I mean, do you always, some of them say like Diablo Lake or, or, you know, mist at the dam type thing. Um, peak mist dam, I guess it's called. Um, mm-hmm. do you, what about these other ones that don't have the names? Do you ever tell people like where they're from? Oh yeah. I love doing that. Um, one reason some of them don't have titles is a lot of my work is published by a company in Portland, Pomegranate Communications. And, they do lots of cards, and they actually sell these things worldwide. I've I've heard funny things from people like they found them in Paris, France, and I was like, wow. "Yay, that's really wonderful!" But I think for the publisher, it can be a little more universal. If in some cases I don't identify exactly where it was, because you know a lot of these bird species are very widespread anyway. So sometimes I'll identify it when I think it's very important to what I'm trying to say, and sometimes I don't. Gotcha. And um, so the prints are on your website. Do you also sell actual uh, paintings? Um, usually I will offer those at a, a gallery show, so no, mostly not original things there, although the prints are limited editions, so, and they're handmade, but yeah, so paintings i sell at galleries gotcha okay well cool and then um one uh one more question are you on social media with your pictures well you know i uh i'm on facebook once in a while 
I did uh, put one thing on Instagram several months ago, but I just haven't gotten back to it because I got too busy. <laughs> so okay. I'm on Instagram, but uh, in a very small way. Gotcha. Well, you never know when that's going to pop up and you'll start using it more. So I'll I'll put a link to that if I can find it because people sure like to um, to follow uh, great artists like yourself. And um, when when uh, so your book will be out, and a lot of people can't come to signings and that kind of thing. Uh, where would you like to direct people to purchase your book? Um, in other words, like an online source. Yeah. Is yeah, uh, Mountaineers Books has it online, and the book is actually out and available right now. So you could order it from them. Amazon has it. Um, I think on their site they're still saying that it's available May first. So, but yeah, that'll be very soon. Okay, and then Colors of the West is probably the same way. Yes, they're both available from both of those places. And I think there there are other online sites, too. Um, I think there's one called Indie Publishers or something like that. I can't remember the exact name. Okay. And, you know, I just realized after saying that, um, Colors of the West, we didn't really touch on that, and I, I don't have a copy of that book myself, but can you kind of give an overview of that book? Sure. Um, in that one, I included all kinds of sketches that I did on trips to the national parks and monuments of the United States. So it's it's very much uh, directed to ones in the West. And that book's organized by color because I think color is so... Um, it's just, you know, think of a place like, say... Um, Olympic National Park, you know, you've got these beautiful forests and green trees, but then you've got the Alpine Heights as well, and they're blue, and you've got the ocean, and that's blue, and then when you get to the southwest, you've got those beautiful red rock colors, so it was just a natural to divide that one uh, and organize it by color. Um, So yeah, it's just full of sketches, and it's really neat. People tell me that they see it at various national park bookstores, Zion and Yosemite. My, some of my friends and students send me pictures of it in the bookstore. So I'm very excited that the parks uh, offers that book for sale. But yeah, it, it's in bookstores too. Oh, that's great. Now it says it has over 170 illustrations and I didn't bring that up. Um, about how many do you have in birds of the West? You know, I think it's close to almost a hundred. So okay. there's a lot in that one too. Yeah. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, uh, Molly, this has been a, a great conversation. I, I honestly, uh, love talking to artists like yourself and I appreciate you getting, getting into the, the back end of it all. Well, thank you very much, Rudy. Good talking to you. All right. Thanks for coming on the Cascade Hiker podcast. All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, rudy at cascadehikerpodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at reverbnation.com slash whiskey fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. Oh, 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 oh
see her laying down in the tall grass, playing mandolin in a white dress. So come running when I hear that song. It can never be wrong. It can never be wrong. Where you wanna run, baby, I'll run too. I would leave this world for a beautiful girl if I could.